Chapter Twenty Four of the Love Affairs of Pixie by Mrs. George de Hornvesey. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. He loves you. That evening, Pat showed early signs of fatigue and requested Bridgie to settle him for the night, bidding the while so marked a farewell to Pixie that she had no alternative but to retire forthwith to her own room truth to tell she was not sorry for sleep had been an uncertain quantity of late and the prospect of a long undisturbed night was agreeable she dallied over her undressing and when bridgie joined her half an hour later sat perched upon the bed dressing gowned her hands clasped round her knees watching with admiring eyes the picture of her sweet-faced sister seated before the dressing-table engaged in brushing out her long fair hair you've a fine head of hair me dear it's wearing well do you remember the day you and esmeralda had the trick played on you about going to bed and sat up half the night brushing and combing to tire out the other i do so answered bridgie but it was but a faint smile which she gave to the memory of that youthful joke she parted her hair with a sweep of the brush and gazing at her sister between the long gold strands said suddenly and earnestly pixie me dear there's something i want to say to-morrow mr glynn will be here pat's asked him to come back after church he is going away on monday so it will be the last time be careful darling think what you're about you don't want to be unkind pixie stared a stunned incredulous stare unkind to him are you raving what am i to be careful about oh oh everything bridgie's breath came in a gasp of helplessness it had been difficult to speak but a sense of duty had driven her on and now it was too late to stop don't don't talk to him so much don't look at him did pixie realize how instinctively her eyes sought stephen's for sympathy and appreciation don't sit by the fire and sing a flush spread over pixie's cheek her eyes widened why doesn't he like it isn't it nice oh oh pixie cried bridgie helplessly a vision rose before her of a little figure in a rose-coloured gown of the firelight playing on the upturned face she heard again the deep crooning notes which filled the room with sweetness to herself a sister the picture was full of charm what must it be to a lonely man in love for the first time in thirty-five years she rose from her chair and came across to the bed face to face within the stretch of an arm the sisters waited in silence while the clock on the mantelpiece ticked out a long minute pixie whispered bridgie breathlessly don't you know what don't you know pixie that he loves you 
who loves me stephen glenn oh pixie didn't you see the colour faded from pixie's face she threw out her hand as if to ward off a threatened danger there was a note almost of anger in her reply it's not true it's not it couldn't be true he care for me for me you're mad bridgie you're dreaming there's nothing oh pixie there is i saw it the first evening i'd have spoken before but pat was so ill then i tried you know how i tried to send you away i knew that every day was making it harder for him more difficult to forget i was so sorry for him pixie he's thirty-five and has suffered so much it's hard on a man when he gets to that age and don't cried pixie sharply she thrust out her hand once more and cowered as if from a blow bridgie i can't bear it don't torture me bridgie it isn't true you're making it up ah bridgie it's because you love me yourself that you think everyone must do the same he's stanor's uncle pat's friend he was just kind like other friends he never said a word looked a look suddenly unexpectedly the blood flared in her face as memory took her back to the hour when she stood at the door of the flat and watched stephen's abrupt descent down the flagged stairway oh bridgie are you sure are you sure how are you sure it's so easy to be deceived bridgie you've no right to say it if you're not sure i don't believe you nothing could make me believe unless he said pixie he has said the words fell from bridgie's lips as though in opposition to her judgment she were compelled to speak them pat was hurt that he was going he reproached him to-night after we left they had a discussion about it and he said stephen glenn said that he daren't stay he daren't see more of you pat does not think he meant to say it it just said itself and afterwards he set his lips and put on his haughty air and turned the conversation and pat dared not say another word but he had said enough his face his voice pat did not believe he could feel so much he cares desperately pixie pixie sat motionless so silent so motionless that not a breath seemed to stir her being bridgie waited her face full of motherly tenderness but the silence was so long so intense that by degrees the tenderness changed into anxiety it was unlike emotional pixie to face any crisis of life in silence the necessity to express herself had ever been her leading characteristic so that lack of expression was of all things the most startling in her sister's estimation she stretched out her hand and laid it on the bowed shoulder with a firm strengthening touch pixie look up speak to me what are you thinking dear pixie raised her face a set face which to the watching eyes seemed at peace with the former silence 
there seemed no expression on it it was a lifeless mask which had been swept of expression as the blank eyes looked into her own and the lips mechanically moved bridgie had the sensation of facing a stranger in the place of the beloved little sister i am honoured said pixie flatly i am honoured she rose slowly from the bed moving stiffly as though the mere physical effort were a strain and passing by bridgie's inviting arms walked over to the dressing-table and began to loosen her own hair you have finished bridgie i'm not in your way she asked quietly and bridgie faltered a week no and felt that the world was coming to an end pixie silent pixie dignified pixie quietly but unmistakably holding her sister and guardian at arm's length this was an experience petrifying in its unexpectedness she had not spoken on the impulse of a moment for days past she had been nerving herself to open pixie's eyes at the bottom of her heart had lain a dawning hope that such an opening might not be in vain for pixie had never really loved stanor vaughan at the time of their engagement she had not even understood what love meant during the years of their separation there had been nothing but an occasional letter to preserve his image in her mind and when the allotted two years were over stanor himself had voluntarily extended his exile bridgie set her lips as she recalled a fact so hurtful to her sister's dignity she heard again pat's voice echoing the sentiments of her own heart tell her bridgie she ought to know he's worth a thousand of that other fellow don't let her throw away the substance for the shadow so she had spoken and a new pixie a pixie she had never even imagined in her dreams had listened and made her reply i am honoured she had said and straightway sweetly courteously irrevocably had closed the subject bridgie bent her head and plaited her hair in the two long ropes which made her nightly coiffure she was thankful of the employment thankful of an excuse to hide her face she listened to the ticking of the clock upon the mantelpiece and asked herself what she should do next the incredible had come to pass and she bridgie sister guardian married woman mother of a family was nervous in pixie's presence not for any bribe that could have been offered would she have ventured to hint at that hope which she and pat had shared in common suddenly through the little flat rang the sound of the postman's knock the last of the many deliveries of the day had arrived and bridgie peeping out of the door spied a couple of white envelopes prone on the mat she crept out to get them thankful of the diversion and was overjoyed to behold on one her husband's writing one for me pixie and one for you an enclosure forwarded from home i'm so glad to get mine it's nice for the postman in london to have sundays free but we country people do miss letters she said glibly as she handed pixie her share of the spoil and seated herself in the one comfortable chair which the room afforded 
to enjoy to the full the welcome message from home perhaps dick had divined the double anxiety which was burdening his wife perhaps he realized how long she would feel a sunday without news perhaps out of his own loneliness had arisen a need for words in any case that special letter was the longest and to bridgie's heart the dearest which she had received since her departure from home he told her of the children and of their latest sayings he told her of himself and his work he comforted her where she needed comfort cheered her where she needed cheer called her by the sweet love names which she most loved to hear and held before her eyes the prospect of a swift return and bridgie reading that letter thanked god for the thousandth time because on her undeserving had been bestowed the greatest gift which a woman can receive the gift of a faithful love ten minutes had passed before she had read and re-read her precious letter but when she turned her head it was to find pixie standing in the same position as that in which she had seen her last gazing down upon a sheet of paper on which a few short lines were written in a masculine writing at bridgie's movement she raised her head and spoke in a curiously low level voice it is from stanor he has sailed for home honor ward and a party of friends were crossing and he decided at the last moment to come with them we shall see him on thursday next End of chapter 24